Hi everyone, my name is Brian. And my name is Margarita. And welcome back to the Faithful Exchange, uniting Woo! Chicago's voices of faith. It is good to have you with us today. And today we'll be going into another exploration of the Word of God as we discover who are those who can enter heaven. And this is a discussion that uh, Margarita and Jackie started us off with last time. Uh, how was that for you, Margarita? It was great, honestly. I even learned a lot, even though we were talking about it. You learn so much whenever you honestly study the Word of God or even just talk about it. I feel oh. like I'm always teaching myself more and more each and every single day. Or not, or having God teach me, I should say. Mm. Amen. That's so true. I remember Jesus, he said something very bold, very scary for the for the people who didn't believe who he was according to the Bible. Uh, he said that if anyone wants to learn from God, they come to me. Uh, and that's because he had the word of God. So, yeah, um, you know, last time we saw that, you know, there are qualifications to enter heaven. And, you know, we, we looked at Paul. Paul used that term um, that he doesn't want to be disqualified to gain the prize and the prize being heaven, right? Being heaven in eternal life, like we see in the Bible. So we can understand through this that uh, as believers, we actually, you know, put, put simply, God has expectations for us like any parent would, right? Um, and one thing we can see through the Bible is the people who do enter heaven, are those who are considered to be righteous believers or true believers. And uh, there's three uh, major criteria that the Bible details that these uh, righteous believers have. Uh, care to remind us about those, Margarita? Yeah, so the first one is knowledge. When We talked about that last time. And the next one would be faith and then action. And I don't know about you, but I think they all go hand in hand, you know. Mm -hmm. And I also talked about this last time. But, you know, you have the knowledge and with knowledge in the word comes faith. Right. When you have the faith, your actions line up to the faith that you have. All right. It, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I always remember the story when I was a kid. Um, uh, I think my memory probably goes back as far as when I was maybe four years old. And I, feel that. I, I remember when my, my mom said, don't touch the stove plate because you get burned. And a little adventurous me was like, really? <laughs> and that was not the point of what she was saying. Um, but, you know, little Brian, he put a, a, a chair up by the stove, went and he touched it. And next thing I'm crying and I'm not being comforted because my mom was like, I told you that if you're going to touch it, you get burned. And I, I was just thinking about like, how silly like I was back then to not believe that. But then, especially when I think about, you know, these knowledge, faith and actions, it actually makes sense because like my mom, she, she gave me the knowledge. Brian, stove plate is hot. Do not touch it or else you'll get burned and you'll cry. So she gave me like a clear instruction and I had knowledge of this. But if I and based on my faith. Right. So did I believe her? Did I not believe her? in this case? I didn't believe her. So because I didn't believe her my actions aligned to those beliefs. I didn't believe that my hand would get burned. So I went and touched it. But if I did believe, then I wouldn't have gone and touched it. And so it's kind of like that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard, honestly. But as a kid, what can, what can you do? I feel like it's one of those things where your parent tells you not to do something. It's and a like, I'm going to challenge you and say, I'm going to do it. It's like challenge accepted, mom or dad. Like, I, I'm going to do what you told me clearly not to do. 
Right. I mean, and that's, that's just how it is. Um, thinking of across the Spider-Verse, right? It's, it's a canon event. It has to happen. But, you know, it's so true. I think it's, it's also something we can learn as believers too, right? God is our father, but naturally a child's inclination is almost sometimes to challenge. It should be to obey in an ideal situation, but there's always a phase in life where we we think we know more or we, we don't really, you know, believe that, oh, really, is this true? Because we're too curious. But actually, when it comes to, you know, where, where we can learn from people, <laughs> we should just learn from people. Uh, where we can learn from those who've experienced before us, we should learn from those who've experienced before us. Because guess what I was telling, uh, I forgot, if, I think it was a time when I was just looking after like uh, a little kid. I was like, hey, make sure you don't touch the, the fire. It's hot. Kid touched the fire. It was hot. And I was like, ah, this is how my parents thought, huh? But, you know, I think it's the same thing. We make God feel that way, too. But I think course, curiosity is OK, though, because when you're curious, you learn. And that's true. When especially with the word of God, like if somebody is curious about the word of God, they're going to be like, well, what does it say? And then they're going to open up the Bible and read the word of God because they're curious about what it says. Now, I know you hear that saying, you know, curiosity killed the cat. And there are situations where you're like, hey, don't be too curious. But in this sense, I think especially when it comes to the Word of God, curiosity is okay because then it gets people to try to study and actually learn what the Word of God says. That's very true. That's a very good point. Um, you know how we always talk about how God is the Word, right? Because John 1, one it says that God is His Word. And so it's, it's like that. With any um, relationship, right, and the most important thing is communication. Um, and it's kind of like when you, when you love someone, you want to know what they like. You know, you want to know how they spend their day. And I guess it's the same thing too. Um, having a curiosity about God's word is also very good for us because we want to learn more. And sometimes, you know, people get discouraged from asking questions. I actually, uh, I met a, a guy today when I was just out shopping and uh, he asked a lot of amazing questions. Questions I was like, bro, we're going to discuss this on the podcast. He was like, um, you know, why do you believe Jesus is the true savior? I thought that was an amazing question because... There's many religious figures that are out there, but why do we say Jesus, right? We weren't there 2,000 years ago to see him, you know, resurrect. So how do we know for a fact like, that that happened? Um, things like, well, some parts of the Bible contradict each other, right? There's, there's sayings about those kinds of things too. But, you know, as a believer, we should know these things because we are those who are trying to make disciples of the whole world. That's what Jesus gave us uh, as a great commission to go and make disciples of the whole world. And we have to do it the way he did it. And how he did it was with the word of God. But if we don't understand it clearly, then uh, we find ourselves struggling to meet God, which we already discussed in a previous episode. But today we want to be those who not only meet God, but actually dwell with God. In other words, we want to enter heaven and a person who enters heaven as a righteous believer. And there's a verse that I, I love a lot that really describes a righteous person. Um, it's in Psalm 37, verse 30 to 31. And, you know, it, it reads that the, the mouth of the righteous utter wisdom and they speak, their, their tongues speak what is just. Uh, the law of their God is in their hearts and their feet do not slip. So it's a very, very detailed verse, uh, very beautiful, but it tells us what it takes to be a righteous person. So if you're listening and you're like, I want to be a righteous believer, well, this is the verse for you, all right? It says that the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, which means that uh, this person speaks the word of God. In, in the Bible, um, God's word is the highest wisdom one can attain. Uh, and it says that their lips speak what is just, which means that what is just is what's correct, what's true, 
you know, calling a spade a spade. So it's essentially they speak the truth. And the reason why they do this is because of where the law of God is. It says the law of God is in their heart. So as a believer, I need that word of God in me, a.k.a. knowledge, right? I need to know God. But it's not just like, you know, knowing that he exists. Because like Jesus says, you know, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's not just that kind of knowledge, but it's actually knowing the will of the Father, And if we know the will of the Father and we believe the will of the Father, right? Unlike four-year-old Brian, we can obey that will of the Father. And as a result, our feet do not slip. So today we'll be looking at actions, right? We talked about knowledge last time. We talked about faith last time. But today we want to really understand the actions of a righteous believer. And why, why do you think actions are important, especially as a believer? I think that actions... You know, you always hear the saying, actions speak louder than words. And mm. it reminds me a lot of our life of faith. And it goes to, it's like, it's hand in hand, you know. Mm-hmm. When, when you have faith, you have the actions that align your faith. And if you want someone to look at you and be like, wow, this person is really like, they're faithful. They're a good Christian. You know, they obey God. Well, you know, a lot of the times they look at your actions, you know, if your that's, actions wow. aren't yeah, aligning up to what you are preaching or what you are saying, then they're not going to think of you as a good Christian or they're not going to think of you as God's obedient servant. They're going to be like, well, this person's just hypocritical. So I think mm. if we're wanting to actually show an example and to have somebody look at us, you know, because God says to be the light of the world. And Amen. if we want to be the light of the world, then we have to have our actions that align with our faith. And I think it's so important because those two go hand in hand. If I I can speak and speak and speak about faith all day, but if I'm not going out and actually living what I preach, then my words mean nothing. Wow. (laughs) That's that's really powerful. Um, You actually just really inspired me there. Um, But that's so true. Like if our, our faith is according to the word, then our action should also be according to that word. Um, it made me think of what, what James wrote about uh, in uh, James chapter two. He says that uh, faith without deeds is actually dead. And that's so true. Even, even Paul, he, he always taught against being a hypocrite. He says, do you who teach also practice the things that you're teaching? Um, and that's so important for us as believers. Um, I 100% agree that uh, our faith uh, it has to align with the word. So that's why knowledge is the most important first, because if you know the correct, like the, the, what, what God wants us to understand from his scriptures, right? If we understand that and we believe that, then we can do what God wants us to do. Um, but, you know, there's this, sometimes I hear this very often because um, James says, right, we're saved by, uh, we, our faith of our deeds is dead. But then there's also what Apostle Paul wrote earlier in Ephesians chapter 2, where he says that uh, actually uh, we're saved by grace, not by works. You know, that so, actually confused me too. When I was yeah. studying the word, <laughs> I actually asked my mentor as well. I was just like, hey, like these two are like contradicting themselves. Like, mm-hmm. what does it actually mean? So if you could explain that to them, that'd be great. <laughs> well, no, glory to God. Um, and it also was something that challenged me too. Um, growing up, I always, you know, I went to church. I did the church thing, like I shared before. I was your textbook Christian, right? I made sure that I was there on Sundays. 
I didn't do anything beyond what I had to do. I was like the bare minimum believer. <laughs> but, um, you know, I always thought like, okay, we say that we're saved by grace. So then why do I have to do anything at all? But then it don't make sense to me. Like, so do I just do nothing to enter heaven? That like that also doesn't make sense because then why do some people go to hell? You know, like why 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 is there two destinations? So what actually is determining this? And we say if if it's or do you believe or you don't believe? It's like, well, what if someone goes on a murder spree, but he says, "I believe Jesus is our Lord and Savior." <laughs> so it's like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it's it can be very contradicting and very like hard to to uh, distinguish like what exactly is being meant. And so that's why we have the Bible. And one thing that I've come to really realize is whenever we have these situations where it seems like the scriptures contradict themselves, actually, before we blame the scriptures for contradicting, we should actually check how well do I understand the Bible? <laughs> and so, you know, concerning, uh, you know, saved by faith, saved by grace um, uh, and not works and also about, you know, faith, without deeds is dead. Like what is the connection between them? Actually, the connection is what kind of actions are being referred to by James and what kind of faith is being referred to also by James and Paul. So that verse is in Ephesians 2 verse 8. And it says, um, for it is by grace that you have been saved. Now, this is the part people usually don't look at or don't consider too much, but it says you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, but it is a gift of God. So again, yeah, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. So that, that part is also important, that it is through faith. But the question that we should ask is, what kind of faith would Jesus acknowledge today? Because it's through that kind of faith that Jesus would acknowledge. Because there's a faith that uh, Jesus acknowledges and one that he doesn't. Just like there's a faith that God, at the first coming, there was a faith clearly God acknowledged, which was of Jesus, the disciples, and the martyrs. And there was a faith of believers that God did not acknowledge, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, right? Those people who persecuted Jesus. So yes, I can call myself a believer, but do my actions, does my faith align with what God wants me to believe? And last time we looked at a very, very... Uh, deep verse, John 14, 29. I, I think it was you who mentioned it or it was Jackie. Yeah. No, I believe that I was the one that mentioned it. You know, we were just talking and it kind of <laughs> just came to mind. But yeah, um, John 14, 29. I tell you these things before they take place so that when they do take place, you may believe. Amen. And yeah, you know, it kind of answers the question of what kind of faith would Jesus acknowledge today? And when I hear that verse, it reminds me of prophecy, you know, right. prophecy and, and fulfillment of the pro prophecies. Right. And, and that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. Right. I've told you now before it happens. That's mean, that means I prophesied like my mom. What did my mom say? <laughs> Brian, don't touch the stove or else you will get burned. That's actually like a, like a, like a prophecy. You know, she's saying you will get burned. I'm not and burned right now. Right. And it was fulfilled. <laughs> right. But more than my mom, right? Jesus, right? What Jesus says is definitely going to happen. So he says, I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, which means that when something you, you promised beforehand takes place, that's fulfilling, right? So what I've told you now, when it fulfills, believe that. That's the faith that Jesus is looking for. That belief is the faith, right? So he's saying, believe the things that I fulfill according to my promise. So actually, it's not just that believing that Jesus is, he is the son of God. 
Satan knows that Jesus is the son of God. Satan tempted the son of God or the prophecy about the son of God. He's saying, oh, it's says that. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Like, ah, Satan is so <laughs> petty. <laughs> like, yeah, but... So it's not just about knowing that Jesus is Lord or knowing that he died for my sins. It is very good that he did those things for us. But that's not the end or be all because there was also a lot of things that Jesus spoke about, especially for us today. And that's the part that I, 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 when I speak to people, it seems to always be the part that a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of brothers and sisters of the faith, they seem to not have much knowledge about or at least much concern about, like what are the things that Jesus promised would take place in our time today? And are you seeing them? And are you believing those things? Because same thing first coming, God promised, I'm going to send someone, right? And I'm going to send him in this way and that way and this way. But they didn't understand those prophecies. So even though Jesus was literally standing right in front of them, they called him demon-possessed. That reminds me, it actually is crazy that you mentioned that because it leads back to knowledge, faith, and action. Right. They didn't have like complete knowledge of the word. They mm-hmm. they knew what the prophecy said, but they, they, did, they didn't yeah. know the extent of it. Yeah. And then, so their faith didn't align when Jesus actually did come to fulfill the prophecy that was promised in the Old Testament. And so then, therefore, their actions didn't align because they didn't have the faith or the knowledge. Exactly. So it all goes hand in yeah. hand. And you, you can't escape it, right? It's like a chain. Uh, and it's not like actions, faith, knowledge, but it actually is knowledge, faith, action, like one, two, three. Like it, one leads into the next and leads into the next. So that's that's exactly the case. And Jesus even tried to let them know that. He said, you are in error because you need to know God you need to know the scriptures, know the power of God. You know, that's what he said in Matthew 22. And that's, that's you know, it's, it's actually something that is worth thinking about because at that time, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the rabbis of that time, they had to have memorized the, the law of Moses perfectly. And even Jesus was saying, if you truly believe that law, it, it talked about me. Like when Jesus uh, later on, he says that I came to fulfill everything as far back as the law of Moses. So it means that even as far back, Jesus was already promised but they weren't able to recognize that. And that's why it says he came to that which was his own, but his own didn't recognize him. So then if that's what happened back then, what about us today, right? How about us today? How well do we know the promises Jesus made about his return today? Uh, there's, there's a verse, James 2.19, that comes to mind where uh, in James 2.19, James says, you believe that there is a God? Good. Even demons believe and they shudder. <laughs> So it, it makes sense. Like demons are those who are cast out of heaven by God. So of course they know that there is a God. They know how God works and they believe that God exists. And if that's all our faith is today, then compared with the Bible, we're no better than a demon. But, 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 but we can level it up, right? We can be at a stage where we can have that kind of faith that Jesus is looking for today. And that's, as he said in John 14, 29, faith in, prophecy, faith in the prophecies and the fulfillment that he will do. So we need to know especially those things today. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I do think that, especially when it comes to like actions of a Christian today, I do think that there are still good actions oh. that a lot of Christians do have today as far as 
trying to live a good life and simply just be moral and following the 10 commandments, you know, don't lie, obey your parents, don't steal, you know, going on missionary trips. I think there are still so many good actions that a lot of Christians do have today. And I commend them for that. You know, that's awesome. That's amazing to live a good moral life. But I also think we need to remember the actions that also are talked about in the Bible that the Bible tells us that we need to have is those specific actions that God tells us to have. Right. I, I, I very much agree with you on that one, too. Actually, I have, I have so much respect for anyone who goes on a mission trip, because especially as someone who came from a different country, had to get used to a whole new culture, it is all the more challenging when just to do that in general, but then to do that and then doing that with the intention of trying to help people where they are, trying to help them feel the love of God. And I think that, honestly speaking, it is, uh, I, I really admire people who do that work, who are selfless and the like. And these are the things that Jesus really wanted us to do. He said, be a light to the world, right? And one thing that, um, like you said, that there are those actions that are good. But, you know, the Bible actually shows us there's two kinds of actions, or, you know, two, two types of actions that, uh, a believer must carry out. And uh, the first kind of action is actually actions and moral teachings, right? So what you kind of shared is it's kind of like that moral teachings, um, you know, and an example of moral teachings is like Matthew 7, verse uh, 1 to 2, right? Jesus says, don't judge, right? Or you too will be judged. So that's an example of a moral teaching. It's telling us not to judge each other, um, or even Matthew 22, love, right? Love each other. Those are moral teachings. Moral teachings teach us how to behave. But actually, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to have good morals. But, you know, even within Christianity, those morals are promoted. However, there's a deeper action that we do need to carry out. And these are actions and prophecy, right? I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. So the things that Jesus promised would take place. He not only promised things would happen, but he also gave instructions for the people who will be saved and the people who won't be saved um, because they are prophesied. There's, it'd be nice if the prophecies were only just good prophecies, like good people. But there's prophecies of good people, prophecies of bad people, right? Prophecies of people who were good and became bad. And these are the things that we need to get into to understand more of. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's It kind of goes down to, especially when, I think this is some, a common thing that people forget, is that there are two spirits at work, two spirits that constantly work, and the Bible talks about it all the time. You know, Satan is mentioned a lot throughout the Bible, so very understandable that there are prophecies about good people and bad people, because it's very true. It's, you know, they teach us that you know, I always, you know, just thought of the Bible as a, you know, God's heart. I'm like, this is mm -hmm. God's heart on a piece of paper. But at the same time, it's a book of Ooh, war. Facts. You know, from from God's side and the devil's side, you know, they are constantly like at each <laughs> other. And so for me, it's it's very true that, you know, you see the Bible and you're like, wow, this is amazing. But at the same time, you know, it's it's two sided. There's two sides, there's two spirits at work. Mm -hmm. So it's oh, it's God and the devil. You know, they're they're at war with each other. That is so true. That is facts. And you know, when you look back in the six thousand years long by uh, biblical history and today, 
right? Those who received the spirit of the devil, they always did the work of persecuting uh, anytime God's work started to take place, you know? Uh, and these are people who, if you look, it's always people who think they're doing what God wants us to do. So we have to be, you know, essentially we have to be believers who truly know the promises that God has made, right? And there's so many of them. Uh, Matthew 24 is a, a chapter that comes to mind, literally a chapter dedicated to just the second coming. And in there, for example, there's, I always ask this question to people like, all right, Matthew 24, verse 15 to 16, it says that when the abomination that causes desolation, uh, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, like when you see this, um, let those in Judea flee to the mountains, all right? So I always ask them, so what's the abomination? And then everyone looks at me like, what, what, what do you mean? What's the abomination? It's like, well, it says that when you see it, you have to do something. You have to flee. And it's like, well, which mountain do we go to? It just says flee to the mountains. Like, I, I'm, in, I'm in the Midwest. Like, there's not a lot of mountains where I'm at. Like, do I go to the top of the, the Willis Tower uh, or CS Tower, <laughs> right? So we have to know these actions very clearly. And if you're someone who actually wants to learn that, then I am very excited to let you know that we'll be getting into that next time. But... but there's also an even greater opportunity it is always fun to be able to share the word through this podcast but it's even better to just get into a study right and so i heard that there's going to be an upcoming uh, bible seminar um, that's taking place uh, on tuesday thursday friday starting august 15th and this will be a bible seminar that is targeted at helping people understand the whole bible from genesis to revelation so I heard that they will be going over, you know, very deep contents, especially about our time today as believers, which is perfect. I was like, well, awesome. And when I got the message, I was like, this is perfect timing because we're also going to be talking about the actions that we need to do today um, as believers as well. So again, if you're interested in joining a Bible study where you can get deeper in these topics about the actions that we as believers need to know today, please, please, please do email us at podcast at the chicago church.org and also our instagram uh it is the underscore faithful exchange underscore podcast um, please feel free to dm us there as well and you can always feel free to leave a comment or message us uh wherever you're listening to this podcast from be it spotify be it uh amazon music be it apple podcast leave a review we really appreciate it but again uh, on behalf of the faithful exchange Thank you all so much for making the time to join. Uh, It's been a pleasure sharing about who can enter heaven, righteous believers. Let's have the actions of a righteous believer. Bye.